Ladies and gentlemen, you're live from Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, on What's happening everybody, this is Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. My name's Ross McLeod, making my hosting debut, so sorry for being god-awful at this. <laughs> Tonight we're talking about all things Money in the Bank. We're talking favourite cash-ins, least favourite cash-ins, the history of the event and the evolution of it becoming its own pay-per-view. And we'll be looking forward to this Sunday's 2018 Money in the Bank. Joined with me today are a panel of thrown-together people. I didn't get my first choices, so I got these people. <laughs> First off, second to my left, he's my MVEP, the Ross Doyle and my Fraser Crane, only only twice as slutty. <laughs> <laughs> he is Mr. Quacky Aji. Be careful, you'll get shot down already. <laughs> Sitting across from me is a man I've been rather mean about in the past, but he is my best friend, he is the cane to my undertaker, he is my brother, he is Scott McLeod. Oh, thank you, it was much better intro than I thought I was going to get. <laughs> Yes, he's certainly still the bark gun of the household, though. <laughs> Next to him, he's a good dog. He's a big dog. He's our dog. He's Alan McLucas. <laughs> All right, mate, how's it going? I know, bud. Next to us is a man who doesn't get sarcasm, ICW references, or second dates. It's David Hockman. <laughs> You're very lucky I'm sitting this far away from you right now. <laughs> that, was, that was a revenge for twice in a lifetime. All right. All right, now we're even. And next to him... We thought we were getting a break for him, but no, it's my podcast, I want to talk about it. It's the Ginger Ninja with as much of a... He looks like Prince Harry and he's got a bit enough of a royal bloodline like Prince Harry. It's Stevie Wilson. I was expecting much worse from you, so I'll take that. No, I, I kind of... I used it up on Dave and I felt bad about what I was going to say about Scott. So, <laughs> yes, we are in the Radio Callist studio this week because we've still got technical difficulties, but we're talking about Money in the Bank, a match that... Invented by Chris Jericho in 2005, now one of our panellists who couldn't make it tonight, Sarah, wanted to rant on this fight. <laughs> However, we're going to pass the floor over to Scott. Well, initially I was with Sarah on that, like, this is somebody, his idea, why wouldn't he, he win the match, uh, unless Jericho did want to, but then I have to correct Sarah, he has actually won it. In fact, he's won it twice, as he tell us in 2016. He won the first one, which was in Appleton. And the sixth one, which was apparently in Stupid Idiotville. <laughs> Not his hometown, he's from Winnipeg, you idiots. Yeah, well, we don't have exact confirmation of that, but if the man invented it, he may as well have said that. He used to go, he, if he says it, it's gospel. So, we're talking about the introduction of the match, and it's crazy to look back to 2005. The six men that were in the match, Kane, Chris Benoit, Christian, Edge, Chris Jericho, and Shelton Benjamin, who at the time was Intercontinental Champion. Creative had nothing for these guys at WrestleMania. Look, can you imagine that now, Dave? No, not at all. I think, you know, the whole concept, you know, I think Jericho was talking to a couple of the writers backstage. He thinks, wait, well, I'm not in the WrestleMania card. Let's try and do something innovative. And the original concept, it wasn't just a title shot that could be cashed in any time. I think it was um, like a wish for anything they so desired. And the original winner was supposed to be Rob Van Dam, and he was going to use that wish to bring back ECW for one night stand but obviously he was injured that year so they just turned it into a title shot whenever the the winner just chose yeah I remember as well he said he wanted it to just be a contract when they talked him down to a championship and it was Vince that said it has to be a briefcase why? because you need a a token reminder yeah it's a briefcase Uh, Stevie what are your memories of the first money in the bank? Mm, I remember uh, was it Kane putting so many ladders on fire that it was a health hazard (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, no, it was a. It was probably one of the highlights of probably a solid WrestleMania. Twenty one, obviously, had uh, it was surrounded by you had Angle, Shawn Michaels, and you had uh, the coronations of John Cena and Batista. But that was a solid match with six of the probably the best on the and the, the roster at the moment uh, at that point. Uh, Shelton Benjamin, the MVP, I think it's fair yeah. to say in that yeah. match. Did he not like run up a ladder and close like Jericho off? the top yeah. oh, that did. was like move of the night oh, he did so many he, he did so much I think he was in the first four or five in a row I think he's he's in every Wrestlemania Money in the Bank ladder <coughs> match bar 23 it's always like you want somebody to get a good to hit a good spot in the ladder match oh, just getting settled made but essentially what Kofi would become in later years you're guaranteed a good spot when you have him in a yeah definitely uh, I forgot what I was going to say there <laughs> sorry Alan we've not kept me you yet what were you watching at the time, or you look at me? You look rather confused here. That's <laughs> how I look. <laughs> no, um, I didn't watch it at the time, but looking back, it, it was a cracking match. Um, you see about Benjamin the moves he pulled. Um, it was jaw dropping, and, and it was so ahead of its time. You know, you look at it now, it feels like when you watch some of the ones now, they're holding back on what it could be. Yeah, I think definitely some of them are holding back maybe just out of fear of injury, but this one was a case of, it was six guys, six, well, obviously one can't be in the Hall of Fame for reasons we're not going to go into, but, you know, five guys, Hall of Fame worthy, they were going out there to show, actually, we should have been on this WrestleMania card. Because, like, Chris Benoit the year before, main evented WrestleMania, and one year later there was no plans for him. It's just, it does... Same, same with Eddie Guerrero as well I mean they he and Rey Mysterio almost didn't go on the card either but then they had that match as tag team champions against each other yeah. what, what a match that was one of the best <coughs> opening matches in WrestleMania history mm. that was the really weird era where Vince McMahon hated he had two tag titles but hated tag wrestling you look back at WrestleMania 20 to like sorry 21 to like 26 it was very rarely a tag title match I think there was like one maybe uh, there was there was one at um, 26 that yeah. was Miz and Big Show versus Truth and Morrison a very forgettable match. Yeah, but there you go. That, that actually like most tag matches, let's be honest. Yeah, I just sit there for a bit of fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, now we're back to two two titles again on each brand, one each, one on each brand. Yeah, no, no. we had both actually on WrestleMania this year. One was won by a ten year old child, but <laughs> we'll not get into that. <laughs> no, but um, sorry, it, Alan, you were saying it was such an innovative <laughs> concept at its time. It seems like every promotion now has its version of a Money in the Bank. Yeah, especially with ICW with the square goal. Yeah, we've got the square goal, you've got the Magnificent uh, 7 briefcase in Defiant, you've got SWA, we've got one as well, TNA, I think, I think Feast and Fired. Feast and Fired, yeah. Yeah, was that not before Money in the Bank or was that after? No, 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 no Money in the Bank was the original concept. No. Was it? Yeah. 2005 was when TNA was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feast and Fired was a bad TNA idea. Yeah, yeah TNA was good about five years ago. So they're like, they're like, they've got one briefcase, well, they had me, we'll have four. Yeah, because more briefcases <coughs> was more fun just like more wrestlers makes more fun <laughs> but uh, yeah the, st- the concept started at WrestleMania 21 and the first winner was Edge sort of a left field one so I think other than Christian he was probably the least favourite to win that but any of you shocked when Edge won it? I was a bit I thought Ben Watt was going to win yeah especially just with the role he was on champion year four Scott uh, yeah well I'll be honest, I didn't really know who was going to win. I was just rooting for Kane because he was in the match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a theme growing up in our household. If Kane was in the match, we cheered him. If Rock was in the match, Scott would be supportive. I would be jumping off my sofa. K- K- yes, Kane is my Rock. That Rock would be set on fire and probably be a brimstone, but <laughs> he's still my Rock. 
Also, uh, when you're listening in tonight, uh, make sure to subscribe to iTunes and the other Android podcasting sites. Just search for us, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. It's at Suplex Retweet. Uh, Stevie, what were your thoughts when uh, Edge won Money in the Bank? Well, it was falling on from a, a few months when he'd been slowly turning heel. Uh, he'd been craving that belt. I think uh, he was quite obsessed with it at one point in time, towards the end of 2004. So to see him win, wasn't a surprise. Uh, I thought Jericho was, was probably going to win it. Obviously, his match, you think for the first year he would have won it. But I wasn't I wasn't unhappy about Edge winning it. I thought it was a solid choice, especially because at the start, the briefcase was meant to be for up-and-comers, the first yeah. shot, and he was one of the ones that didn't have a, hadn't had a reign at that point in time. So I think that he was the perfect choice. Yeah, you talk about uh, Edge's, uh, sorry, Chris Jericho's match. It's sort of like the thing in WWE. You're losing your hometown, and if you invent a match, you're losing it. You, <laughs> you don't win your own match. You can make the rules, but somehow somebody else will win it. But the the WrestleMania era ran from WrestleMania 21 to 26. Next year's match not as good as the first year's. You know, we had we had Matt Hardy, a ladder specialist, with Shelton Benjamin back again. Rob Van Dam in his prime. This match was sort of bogged down with the likes of who put a 56 year old Ric Flair in a ladder match? What a bump he took in that one. The oh, super, yeah, yeah, the, the superplex super off the top, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's not, for as good as he is, he's never been good at there taking was, bumps for the top rope. There was a thing about it on the recent uh, Something Else to Wrestle with, with um, Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson, another podcast, uh, when they talk about how they put once put, I think it was Big Show and Ric Flair in a, like a, a match with Thumbtacks on ECW. It's kind of the same thing kind of here. Why was Ric Flair in a ladder match? <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the era where ECW had a title match every week and the fans hated it because it was Big Show every week against a WWE guy. Big Show Kane, Big Show Batista, Big Show Ric Flair. You see, so you see, my that was for up-and-comers. I mean, that, that young up-and-comer, Ric Flair, he really, he really needed that young push-up the car, didn't he? <laughs> he needed that 17th world title, or 50th if you ask him. <laughs> also in the match with Bobby Lashley, not exactly... He's athletic, but he's not exactly a ladder match sort of guy. And we had Finlay, who was well past his prime by this point. He had a good wee run in WWE, but he wasn't exactly sprightly. He was 47 at the time? Maybe, yeah. He was like pushing 50-odd, I think. But Lashley as well, he was the big rising star of that sort of 2005-2006 season, as it were. So I think it'd be, again, another travesty not to have a fast rising star on the WrestleMania card. But again, he's, he, he felt just like a spot filler for the ladder match. What we talk about as well, we've talked about before... WrestleMania 30, WrestleMania 31, where Vince gave in to the fans and then at 32 he got his way. Do you think giving RVD the money in the bank, but then getting Bobby Lashley the ECW title in December, that was sort of his, I'll get my way, I'll get my way eventually. Yeah, wasn't CM Punk supposed to win the, the ECW when Lashley won it in the Extreme yeah. Elimination Chamber? Not when Vince was booking it. Paul, no Paul Heyman thought he still had control then, but no. Still goes down as arguably the worst WWE-controlled pay-per-view in history. Yeah, but fortunately before before ECW turned into a pile of, well, we can't say it on air at this time. Uh, Rob Van Dam did win the uh, ladder match. Uh, what were your thoughts? What were your thoughts uh, on RVD winning it? Time was, sorry. Sorry, I was looking at Alan, I didn't realise he was. <laughs> um, kind of surprised, to be honest. Again, it's like we were saying earlier, it was like an upcoming mid-card thing, but to me, he wasn't an up-and-coming, he was like a solid mid-card wrestler, so it was nice to see him getting the push, but at the same time, it was kind of odd to see him win it. Yeah, he'd been about since 1996. Mm-hmm. You know, that was his first appearance on Raw. Uh, sorry, Dave, you were going to say something? Yeah, no, I was going to say, I think RBD was the right choice to win that year because, you know, ECW was getting a lot of hype as of late and we figured, why not get an ECW original in 
you know, he could challenge for WWE's sort of main title. And if they could do a cross-brand thing with ECW, that set it up really good. And I think also RVD was the first, because you know, sometimes with cash-ins, you usually make it a surprise, you know, you cash in on a vulnerable champion. He was, he, I mean, he was the second winner. He was only, the first, but he was also the first to announce ahead of time when he was cashing in. Yeah. Stevie? Uh, you, looking at the guys, you obviously ran down. I think uh, Van Dam was the only guy possible to win this. I mean, if we'd seen Finlay winning this one, I think that might have been, uh, wouldn't have been quite the same, but you could not, when, when the plans for ECW started coming in, you could see why Van Dam was the choice. Because could you imagine Ric Flair cashing in on John Cena in the Hammerstein ballroom? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that crowd would have cheered literally anyone but Cena that night, to be honest with you. But sorry. Stevie is critical of me when I'm a pan- panellist of jumping back in points, but something Dave said reminded me. RVD gave notice. The first one was a surprise. End of Elimination Chamber. Edge comes out and announces, sorry, Vince McMahon comes out and announces that Edge is cashing in. What were your thoughts at the time about this new concept? Because it wasn't made clear that it was any time. It was just like, you can have a title match like when you want. Everybody seemed to think it was, oh, I'll announce that I'll be fighting at Backlash or yeah. Judgment Day. No, that's kind of the assumption I went under. It was, um, you know, just uh, they decide what day to pick and they'll they'll get it. But, you know, when they said literally anytime, anywhere, like the fact that Edge sort of came out of no, came out of left field after the Elimination Chamber, I think that was the biggest shock factor of it. And, you know, he was, he'd held onto the briefcase for so long as well. So I think that made it even more surprising, more surprising. Yeah, he'd been number one contender even when he had the briefcase. He won the Gold Rush tournament on Raw when Lita joined him and turned on Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevie, what did you think of the, the cash-in? It, it was interesting because, as you said, uh, you kind of obviously thought it was always just going to be a title match, so to see it happening after another match, uh, it was quite. It was, it was a new concept, but it was one that you could get behind. It was kind of like, and it fitted perfectly for Edge's character at the time, the, op- the ultimate opportunist, uh, mm. uh, just to see him beat up a vulnerable Cena who was bloodied from head to toe at that point in time. I think it, it was just a perfect all-round. Yeah, a man's career that was started when he cheated on his... <laughs> he, he used his best friend's girlfriend and had an affair. See, sometimes DM sliding works. <laughs> Scott, uh, <laughs> Scott, what were your thoughts? Because you were a John Cena fan at the time. Yeah, I was still very young. I had the replica spinner belt and everything. Uh, so, And I kind of hated it, the edge at this point. And now I look back, he's one of the guys where you realised you were meant to hate him at the time. You didn't realise it then, but you... And so I hated edge for, for doing this. Also, like at the time, we didn't know what this when the bank was going. We didn't realise you could cash in at moments like this, and that eventually became the norm going forward. Yeah, definitely. I, this was at the point as well. Cena hate was starting to build. You know, he held the title for so so long. It was like, like the the birth of Super Cena, as he's called on many an internet meme. But this, for me, was one of the best moments ever because I I'd started. Started going into a teenager, hip puberty, hoping to finish it soon. Didn't realise you started. Oh, burn! Says the guy with three whiskers on his chin, but we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Baby face. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Baby penis. <laughs> oh! Knockout. Can you say that before the watershed? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to Stevie, it's my show, you are all being mean. <laughs> no, but Al, what were your thoughts on the cash uh, it was brilliant. I was watch- actually watching a video last night of the best cash-ins of all time. I came fourth, um, so it's definitely worthy of being that high up. I think the ones that did beat it mm. were better, but it was brilliant. And 
as we've had a conversation before, I think the the length of title runs needs to come down now because now as well as then, you know, it had to come to an end. And if you're saying super seen it had to be a shock factor to do it and it was the perfect way to end it. Yeah, certainly in the, the modern era where there's a paper you once a month uh, like a brought lesson <coughs> isn't working, Dave. Yeah, sorry, I was just gonna say one more thing. Uh I think was Edge not in the opening match that night as well? They think, well, Edge has had his match. He beat, well, he lost to Ric Flair by disqualification. Yeah, and it, was, it was challenging Ric Flair for the IC title. Yeah, yeah. But then we've, then we thought, you know, he's had his match. We'll not see him again. I think the fact that you know that added to the element of the surprise. Was there not a scene where he left? Maybe I, think, I, I can't remember. I, I recall him leaving yeah, the building. Yeah, stuff backstage. Yeah, and was saying like it's not good enough. I need to do my opportunity. Yada yada. And then that's when that happens. Yeah, as well. So we were talking about Ric Flair the next year being in a ladder match. He was in two ladder matches in 2006 because he was in a ladder match like two weeks later in Raw, fighting Edge because he had beat him at the pay per view beforehand. <laughs> and for one Edge cash into another, WrestleMania 23, Mr. Kennedy wins the title, uh, wins the briefcase, sorry. We think, oh, this is going to be another up and comer. And then unfortunately, gets an injury. It's taken off, and Edge yet again is Mr. Money in the Bank. This really solidified Edge, I think, because he had a couple of couple of hit and miss title runs at this point. But this was the start of the the proper devious Edge. It wasn't the wasn't the sex sex symbol creep Edge. It was the <laughs> I'm going to do anything to win, and I don't care if you like me for it. I was hoping for discussion there, lads. If, you could all, <laughs> if two of you could come off your phone and the other two could talk, you know what I mean? Quacko, how do you work with us every week? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I think you were right, actually. Uh, Kennedy didn't feel right to me as a winner. I don't yeah, think. Same. He, even looking back, he still doesn't seem right. Kennedy was, <coughs> Kennedy was just one of those unfortunate cases where. Kennedy! Kennedy! I mean, I think he had a lot of things going for him, but, you know. Various reasons, you know, whether it was his just poor booking, whether it was his attitude, because I hear him he had a, quite a bit of heat backstage, uh, or of course his injuries. I think a lot of the wind got taken out of his sails for what for one reason or another. So I think he was a missed opportunity in some aspect. That ladder match as well did have edge in it, had Randy Orton in it, had both Hardy Boys in it, had King, King Booker in it, King Booker, you know, just coming off a world title run. Yep. Yeah. CM Punk was in it as well. See a young upcoming CM Punk. Finlay was in it again for yeah. some reason. <laughs> And Spot filler. Someone else. And you got them all. I think that's it. Is a product fair enough? Yeah, go me. Yeah. Oh, Mate. Randy Orton. I said Randy Orton. Oh, did you? Right, sorry. I might as well get something right. It's because Dave, t- Dave was on Tinder <laughs> and he missed that. Missed you saying Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to go there. Yeah, but like we're saying, Mr. Kennedy didn't feel right as a winner. Did Alan, did you feel right with Mr. Kennedy as a winner? No, not really. Um... I've got this opinion where you look at a guy and you know that's the guy. Like, talking about Baron Corbin, see shaving the head, I look at it and go, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. That's a future world champion. I just never had that feel with Kennedy. Did when he went to TNA. Mm-hmm. I agreed his time there. But in WWE, no, it, it just didn't feel right. It felt like, well, we need to try and spice this up. We're going to give it to him, see what happens. And it backfired. Well, you talked about earlier, but lastly being Vince's choice. Kennedy also felt like another guy who was definitely a Vince choice. Like, JBL watching back on commentary is big and hip, uh, building that big thing calling on the fastest rising star. And he's obviously getting up, given all these lines that are clearly being fed to him by Vince. Yeah, this was in the run, but Kennedy had beat 10 world champions in a year, but it had always been <coughs> through disqualification or count outs or interference. They were never know. clean. Yeah, they were never clean. It, it did suit his character, but I do agree with you. He was never a world champion. Although someone in this match ended up winning it two years in a row, and that's CM Punk. 
we look back at CM Punk now, you know, broken down UFC star. No, but uh, it's 2011 to 2014 run. He felt like a megastar. But when he won the briefcase in 2008, mm-hmm. it just didn't seem right, I don't think. Well, it wasn't really meant to be him, I think that's why, because I think it was maybe Jeff Hardy, but mm-hmm. he got suspended for the second time, so he lost his IC title to Jericho, and he lost it this suit, and they gave it to Punk, so I think they kind of had to improvise from there. I didn't really know what to do with them. Was Punk not an ECW at this point as well? Yeah, yeah. Yes. which kind of made yeah. it feel flat as well. It's like obviously with the ECW brand was diluted at that point in time. I think yeah, Punk was the only real star at, at that point. So and to have one of their one of their guys win the money in the bank was just like. They, well, okay. And they sent him to Raw as well after before he cashed. Yeah, that's where he had his cash in as well. I think, I think it was on the night of his cash in he went to Raw. Actually, you notice how much better he got with the title with his Straight Edge run when he won it the second time. I think that's why they had a clear, more of a clear plan for him then than they did here. I think that's why the one's better than the other. Yeah, I feel like you kind of peaked too early. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of these ones, the fans wanted him. WWE eventually gave in, but it was like, they gave in too late. At this point, they had to, it was a rebuild job. I think, like you said, Steam was, the Steam was sort of out of him. Yeah, the, the, his first cash in, you know, he felt more like a placeholder than anything else. Because obviously he cashed in on Edge after... Uh, Night of Champions and you know he didn't feel like world champion at the time he got a SummerSlam defense but you see the way he was written off as champion as well he was taken out backstage by Randy Orton in Legacy and he didn't even lose the title yeah I think he got his rematch in a random match against Jericho a couple of weeks later and it just it wasn't anything special when you look at like the WrestleMania 28 matches the street fights and all that this match just seemed sort of blah even the build up to him being being Mr. Money in the Bank, he was teaming with Kane against Chavo and Bam Neely. It's not exactly... Who remembers Bam Neely anyway? I only remember him because I had to research this. <laughs> <laughs> I think they also we fought Miz and Morrison on a pay-per-view and lost. Yeah, that was Judgment Day, yeah. Judgment Day that year. So he's in random, not only is he in random tag matches as the guy who's maybe future world champion and big air quotes, but he's also losing in the tag matches as well. With, like, the, with, a, who, with a guy who at the time was technically a world champion. Yeah, because Kane was ECW champion at the time and he's losing as well. That just showed how far the brand had fallen. But like we were saying, it was a sort of placeholder. Triple H, WWE champions went to SmackDown. <coughs> Edge world champion still in SmackDown. We have to get it off on one. So we have to have Punk cash in. It was just a case of, you'll be champion for now. You'll not be champion for long. However, like Scott said, the next year it felt like they found, they found Punk's footing. The straight edge sociopath. The sort of, he cashed it. At the time, there was no more beloved person you could cash in on than Jeff Hardy. Yeah, it began the sort of big heel turn, you know, with being the straight edge saviour and everything. But even after then, he wasn't quite a full-blown heel. He was sort of a bit of a tweener. You know, he was sort of being sympathetic towards Jeff at first, and then after, like, Night of Champions, that's when he went full full heel mode. But you know what? I think we got a great TLC match at SummerSlam that year as a result. And, you know, once he sent Jeff packing in that steel, steel cage match, so Jeff Hardy was had left to go to TNA. Uh, I think, you know, Punk could have gone on to really good things, but then the feud with The Undertaker happened and then it all sort of fell flat. Yeah, like we said, Punk's attitude as well was one of the things. We've spoken about this in private. Punk does seem like someone hard to work mm-hmm. with. Scott? Yeah, apparently, The Undertaker, he apparently was told by Undertaker to dress like a champion, wear a suit, and, t- and Punk was just, was really just Punk towards the Taker. Yeah, like, you thought it yeah, it's been, Start that again. <laughs> but there being nobody better from the cash in, not just because he's a bit loved by the fans, but the fact that he's so, in real life, so opposite to Punk. So not only can Punk 
bring up his straight edge lifestyle. He can also compare himself to Jeff and talk about how Jeff's a screw up and how he's better than him. So create a really good dynamic. Uh, yeah, it was, I, I, I thought, uh, as Dave said, it kind of started off well, but then they fed him the Undertaker, and then he was nothing again, so I, I never really thought Punk was given the proper chance until Bite Bomb thing. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was just, they didn't really have any faith for him, and I think that was the sign of it. This was, it started the year where he lost on every pay-per-view. It's like, uh, he won at Extreme Rules and then didn't win again. He lost about 20 times at the Big Show <laughs> at one point. <laughs> Yeah, <coughs> a guy who had openly shaved his head in the Indies was hiding his bald head and would appear under a mask. He wore that really cool looking mask as well yeah. for like, what, three months was it? Yeah, Get t- got it taken off him, put it back on, got it taken off him, put it back on. It was like Kurt Angle's wig. <laughs> but before we move on from the WrestleMania era, there was one last winner. It divides opinion. We've had a few fans say that it's a good cash-in because you didn't expect it. I personally don't think it's that good a cash-in. Jack Swagger. Oh, this is terrible. No. It's my number one worst. I've hated it. So bad. Not, it's absolutely rotten. As is the match. <laughs> not, my, not my least favourite, but uh, I think it was I think it was lazy booking on their part. You talk about a guy who wasn't ready for it. Jack Swagger was not ready for it. Or he even has the look for it. Yeah. No. He's he's not, a, not only was he not ready for the case, he was not ready to take it down, given how long he took him to understand. <laughs> did he not take like a, a good like 20 seconds to try and unhook it? Like 20, 30 seconds it took him. Yeah. Um, so bad they had to edit it in later DVD or network releases. There was like 10, 10 participants in that ladder match as well. Yeah. So there was much more, uh, you know, Fella. greater chance of trying to pick out who's going to win. Yeah, Drew, who was an up-and-comer at yeah. the time, was mm-hmm. the chosen one. Yeah, it was a weird one. It's WWE's example of more wrestlers equals more fun. <laughs> but you look at that, that match, they had Christian and Matt Hardy have a feud leading up to it where it's like, we've never been world champion. Our tag partners have, even though they were ECW champions at the time, but who cares about that, apparently? Uh, you had you had them having a rivalry. You had the likes of Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, Evan Bourne. You had Kofi Kingston. You had... Shelton Benjamin started to become an upcomer. Kane is always in with a shout. And then it, it just seemed sort of... Wait, it, him? Really? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> like he's not even a mid-card. He's like an, an opener. Yeah. <laughs> but he's at the bottom of the barrel. And then this, like, next thing, this guy's going to be the world champion. You were like, no. Just no. I wonder if Drew has actually won the Money in the Bank briefcase. I mean, I think given his chosen one gimmick as well, I think you know he could have beefed that up a bit. You know, say I'm the I'm the Intercontinental Champion, and now I have the Money in the Bank briefcase. I am truly the chosen one. You look at that as well. Swagger two days later was World Champion. Drew was IC Champion walking into WrestleMania. SummerSlam, they were in a promo trying to get in the building because they weren't on the card, and it just shows the lack of plan that he has sometimes. Yeah, I think the reason he took him, he crashed in so quickly, which is a big surprise as well, is probably the fact they realised, oh, we've already decided to have a pay-per-view. We're going to have two more briefcase holders. We need to get this case off him now. Yeah, that was a big criticism, and that's going to be our next point. Uh, in the era of themed pay-per-views, we had some good ones. We had some god, god-awful ones. <laughs> this was one that was thankfully good. It was a concept that everyone <laughs> loved. Two paper, two money in the bank pay-per-view matches because again, more matches equals more fun. Like the show clearly, more panelists. Yes. More fun. <laughs> Wait till next week. There's about forty. Is it's like a battle royal? 
<laughs> three Money in the Bank ladder matches in 2010 alone. I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, is that overkill or do you think that's? No, that's definitely overkill. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you look at the the was it the SmackDown one? It was pretty much everybody that was on the WrestleMania one and Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> well, Not Dolph Ziggler no, no, was in the WrestleMania one. And the Big Show. The Big Show was in that one. Was Dolph? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I can't really remember. See, there was that many of them. There was too yeah. many people in that match. Yeah, Dolph, Matt, Kane, Ziggler, McIntyre, Big Show, and. Kofi. Kofi. Yeah, so, other than Big Show, it was literally everyone. Yeah. And, WrestleMania. Yeah, and Evan Bourne, who was on the WrestleMania one, was on Raw. You and know. he was on that one. So, if you needed further evidence that the Swagger uh, one was a mistake, he'd already lost the belt and was having his rematch on this show. Yeah. Yeah, it, although thankfully this was one of the better pay per views. And our first winner, Scott, I'll t- put this one to you, Kane. Yes, I cannot explain how happy this made me. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, after all these years. <laughs> Like, I, I didn't even know, I'd actually, I didn't, wasn't watching 2008, so I didn't see the ECW title win. I just tuned back in, and I'd only known that he was like the dirty champion for one day, and that really annoyed me. So I finally see him get his due. What are, what are the rest of the panel's thoughts on Kane? It was a nice surprise. You know, I wasn't expecting Kane to win, but you think, oh, you know what? That's good. I'll, I'll work with it, you know. But, and again, you know, I was thinking maybe Drew's going to win this one. But, you know, if... I, again, like Scott said, Kane getting his dues. I think that was, uh, I think that was the right choice. And he only cashed in like an hour later as well. Less than about forty-eight minutes. Forty-eight minutes. Yeah. I think it's still the quickest cash in. I don't know if Ambrose. Is it? Beat no, it. Ambrose was fifty-nine. Was it? So yeah. Kane's yeah, still so got the quickest. Kane's got yeah, forty-eight minutes. It's nice. He's still got one record. Considering I've tried to take his rumble record away twice. <laughs> 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 and then the winner that night, the one most people remember fondly, the Miz. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I wanted Maurice to win this match. Didn't we all? I don't think she could even reach the briefcase from the ladder she was standing on. But you know what? And she was with DB, Ted DiBiase at the time as well. She wasn't even with, uh, like, in the Miz's corner. But yeah, for that ladder match, Miz definitely the right choice. You want to talk about someone who definitely wasn't the guy, Ted DiBiase Jr., good God. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing, you know, was Miz going out with Maurice at the time? I don't think so. I think, no, I think they've been going out since like 2008. Because they married in 2012? Yeah. And this was 2010, so they must have been going out. Yeah, this was during the weird feud where John Morrison and was trying to get where, and then Goldust, it looked like he fancied Miz. Eh, sorry, Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'd I, think, I, think, I think that one would have made more sense. Yeah. <laughs> We're an open panel here, everyone to their own, but no, I ended up fancying the the million dollar type. You're wearing, wearing a Balor Club shirt as well. So exactly, Balor Club for everyone, Balor as is ESSR. There you go. We accept everyone, we accepted Dave. <laughs> wow. Wow. No, but uh, The Miz, <coughs> it is one everyone looks back at. Miz is on a career roll right now. He's the favourite going into this Sunday's Money in the Bank. Just a quick question before, it means we can skip it later on. Do we all think Miz is winning on Sunday? Yes. No. No, actually, no, I don't. No, I, I'm no, not I don't so sure. He's, he's worthy of it, he's but I don't think he is. Yeah, it, it would be nice, but no. Him or Joe? We'll go back into that in more detail later on. <laughs> we'll edit that out later, ladies and gentlemen. We do a whole lot about that. You're no Aiden. That was horrific. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next year, moving on. The next year, possibly the best Money in the Bank pay per view they've ever done in Chicago. And it opens up with a man who made his name in Chicago, Daniel Bryan. This, I think, was the most shop- shocking. You look back now and you're like, aye, Daniel Bryan, I'm going, nah, that's no bother. At the time, Daniel Bryan was a jobber. Looking back right. on it as well, so, sorry. Um, it's amazing you think of the people in this match when you had Heath Slater 
and Sing Cara mm. in a Money to Bank match. And Justin Gabriel. And Justin I, Gabriel. Yeah. Mm. Well, I actually have a wee bit of insider knowledge on this. Mm. <laughs> so, I'm not going to name who it is, but it's somebody in the Scottish wrestling industry who knows Barrett. Barrett was told right up until this match, you're getting it. And they made a decision just as the music was hitting, you're not getting it. Daniel's getting it. Fair enough. And that's part of the reason he's not there anymore. But he get told it literally at a moment's notice, you're not getting it. He's getting it. But as well, see when he walked out in that match, I had a gut instinct as soon as I seen him, went, he's getting it. I don't know why, it's the only time I've ever been right. Everything I've guessed is the guy I've picked has always been like in first down or something, but he did it. I went, he's the winner and he did it. Yeah, I was watching with a group of friends and one of their brothers said, Daniel Bryan's winning this and we all looked at him like, you clearly know nothing about wrestling and the smug. <laughs> you know what eating grin on his face, almost as bad as Stacey Smith's at Barramania. <laughs> Oh, Why did you bring that back up? <laughs> it's her birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, Stacey, by the way. Happy but birthday. What's even funnier is uh, I was watching where we are cousin Christopher, and weirdly at the time he chose Sing Cara for a reason, and I said uh, Seamus, and it was a point where I really laughed at him because Sing Cara got taken out of that match by Seamus. So at my pick took out his pick, and I just looked at him like, ha! Ah! <laughs> that, that I was looked, so certain that Seamus was going to win. That did look really bad when he yeah. was taken out. Like, he yeah, did cringe, he, but he, oh. he legit got injured from that as well. Yeah, like you were sitting there going, oh, oh. I hope that's not that bad, but it was quite a bad one. So at the beginning and end for the original Sincara, botch, mm-hmm. botch, botch. And then obviously the, the injury to Seamus. And the second match that night, Alberto Del Rio. Why? <laughs> yeah. The most well, unworthy, think- one of the most unworthy pushies ever. In my yeah, opinion, 100%. Yeah, it's, it was like one of the most, yeah, like you said, most rejected pushes of all. wonder who that reminds us of. <laughs> but yeah, uh, going, uh, we don't have away, all night. Yeah, going away, <laughs> it's a conspiracy, man. Going away from that, yeah, I think everybody, you think, yeah, that's what's going to happen. And then, yeah, it's one of those disappointing, predictable but, results. But looking at, look at the match, who else could have won that match? Ray Mysterio. It wasn't, it wasn't going to be Alex Riley. I wasn't going to be Alex Bond. Riley to win it. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted Riley to win that one as well. Probably, I thought he deserved the push. Truth probably should have, in my eyes, should have won it that year because he was in a role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Miz could have done twice in a row if he wanted. There was a weird thing in that match where Miz was at like the pinnacle of like being hated, like as he's, he's good at being. And they had a spot where he got injured and valiantly comes back out the valiant Miz, who's maybe a heel. <laughs> they made him look like the biggest babyface of the night, other than Punk. Uh-huh. I do agree with the R-Truth one as well. That was. A complaint about WWE is a lack of African American champions. Truth, former NWA champion, Kwaku <laughs> giving us the nation sign there. <laughs> it's Black Power, not Nation. <laughs> For the wrestling listeners, it's the Nation shop. Nation of domination. <laughs> exactly. Me and Alan need any excuse to shoehorn the rock in there. So, no. Sorry, I forgot that Alan and Ross speak for the black community. We got you, brothers. But uh, <laughs> our truth was on an absolute roll at the time. But uh, <coughs> we move on. We move on to the next year. We're going to skip this one a wee bit because we're going to get into him later because he's the listeners' one of the least favourite cash-ins, John Cena. A poor Money in the Bank match, five, four going into it, but two being Kane and Big Show, and then Miz gets added, shoehorned in later on. It's just but the greatest finish to a Money in the Bank match ever. <laughs> That's God, true. I remember that finish, yeah. Oh, good God. Cena basically whacks Big Show with the briefcase while it's still hanging. The handle breaks off. Cena wins and then he hits him like a couple more times just to get him off the ladder. And then realizes, oh, 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 it's oh, not hey, the same. 
and, he, and there's that meat picture as well. He's just got the big white open mouth face and fold it up like. Yeah. Apparently he was not meant to win that. Big Show was meant to take a couple hits off it and then just give him. No, WMD and Cena was about to drop. Do it be even better if he actually literally just punched straight through the briefcase and hit Cena? Like that would have been <laughs> fantastic. I gave him that broken nose a couple of years early. Yeah, <laughs> we, inter- we interrupt WWE to bring you Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, I win. <coughs> that is always mentioned. It's one of the best cash It's one of our listeners' favourite cash We'll get into it later on. Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. This yes. was yes. this was peak Dolph Ziggler. This is my favourite mo- Money Bank match ever. Because oh, he won absolutely. it, or just because well, he won it, I thought it was a brilliant match. But also, what made me really realise Ziggler was oh, this is the next guy for the world title. It's the punishment he took in this match and the way he sold it. The one with Tensai, you're talking about when Tensai threw him across the table. Oh yeah, yeah, and he gets power bombed and on the ladders as well. And you were like, oh, you're, you're sitting going that literally looks like he could be paralysed. And then the way he finished the match as well, by coming out of nowhere. Running up and just grabbing it. See, I, re- I rewatched this match the other day with Laura, my girlfriend, and she had never seen Santino Marella before. <laughs> <laughs> and then he pulled at the Cobra, and she's like, "What is going on here?" Yeah, what Cobra? It's <laughs> 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 a weird one when you watch his wins back, because as soon as he takes it down, it cuts to Vicky Guerrero going mental. And you realise it's been so long. You realise, oh, I mean, they were a thing for a while. <laughs> Yeah, I think going into it as well, everybody was hoping that Ziggler would win that because I remember even in the the background, you know, when you see the the hard cam, there was like a group of fans all holding like do- a massive Dolph sign, and they knew like this is our guy, this is who we want to win. And in the weeks prior as well, he was at the time most like WWE was getting treading water with social media, and on YouTube they had that WWE download series where Ziggler was looking like it was basically Ziggler doing "You've Been Framed," and. <laughs> He, um, towards the end of a lot of his episodes, he was cutting really, really good promos. I, and towards the end, he sort of broke the fourth wall a bit. He was like, "This, you want to focus on the guys who are simply the best at what they do. Not the guys who are chosen by the writers, not by those who can, can do flippy stuff in the ring, those who don't look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Just, you want the guys who are just simply the best. Yeah. And I think that was what said to, said to us, like, he's our guy to win Money in the Bank. It was like his version of the people. Yeah. He's the most for me. He's the most deserving winner ever. No, I agree. Yeah, definitely. I think, and his cash in as well. I think that was just the cherry on top. Oh yeah, probably. We'll skip the next year because, again, with the listeners, one Sandow is one that everyone. We'll get into that later on. Randy Orton won. Yeah. It was an All Stars match. So it's got. Like, I've got a point of contention about this pay per view because if the first match they built up like all these guys are guys who have never challenged for the world title, they never had a shot. This is going to be their time that you guys Sandow had. Cody, Dean Ambrose was in this <coughs> match and uh, Sandow won it and then you completely undo that by saying all these, not only saying that all, all these former world champions are in the other one, this is the all-star one and forget that other one, none of these guys matter, it doesn't matter who wins that match these are the true stars you want to focus on Yeah, sort of anticlimactic one The next year, we're back to one Money in the Bank ladder match Seth Rollins wins it, this is possibly the best cash-in of all time Oh yeah, 100% yeah. Not for me, but as a as a belt. It's my second favorite. Oh, it's the best moment. It was the best moment in WrestleMania history. I, I, I was it, raging when the, it happened. The true MVP. <laughs> the true MVP of wrestling today, history, future. I don't know if that's debatable. This is a match where you clearly like you can tell who was the guy because Rollins had just turned heel and uh, aligned with the authority, so he was their guy. He was clearly the guy who won it, and I think a lot of people were kind of happy 
Fernandez won it. Mm-hmm. It's quite obvious. He was going to win. I think it was, yeah. I mean, apart from maybe Dean Ambrose winning it, it was going to be one of those two. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, was, again, was just filler. Yeah, it, was nice, it was nice that they continued that storyline within the match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kane helped uh, Rollins win, but later on in the night, Rollins doesn't help Kane win. I'm surprised Kane, being the age he is, on <laughs> Shocker. Kane, being the age he is on Facebook, didn't put one of those middle age pro- uh, things people put. I'm doing nothing for everyone. You don't get hurt if you don't open your heart. <laughs> We've all got an auntie like that on Facebook. Because <laughs> the, the other ladder match that year was for the vacant world title. Title, wasn't it? Yeah, Daniel Bryan had just vacated the title, John Cena won that. Sort of again anticlimactic. But uh the next year, Seamus, one of the worst winners. Yeah. Hundred percent. It was like it was like a brief moment, yay, Roman's not winning it. What you're giving it to Seamus? Yeah, it was literally everyone bar Seamus and Kane in that match. He was a it was a poor choice, but I think he had one of the best cash ins. Yeah. So it kinda of, it kinda of righted itself in the end. I think it was just to sort of argue anybody but Roman kind of thing. Yeah. They're all bully my Roman. Yeah, I, I think as well, you look back at it, you look back at WWE now, it's a case of, what if he just won at WrestleMania 31? What if he just won the money in the bank? Could it just all be over by now? But instead, we've got this continual, continual storyline. A lot of people thought Neville was going to win that because he'd just been called up. He was uh, the up-and-comer. He'd have got some big wins <clears throat> like over Barrett. Yeah, Barrett won the King of the Ring. That went nowhere. <laughs> uh, and then the next year, Dean Ambrose being the second quickest man to cash in his money in the bank. Yep. And yeah. A night where all three Shield members were world champion within the space of five minutes. Yeah. 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 yeah it was a good. Uh, it was a good match. It was a good match. It was a solid match. I think solid competitors. Isn't it? Yeah. Worthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think. Think one of the best money in the bank ladder matches ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Del Rio, everyone was begging not him this time. <laughs> Del Rio, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, Jericho, Ambrose. An absolutely stellar lineup, and then it led to the Shield Triple Threat, which gets a lot of heat, but what were you expecting? The guys aren't exactly off flippy guys. They work well together, mm-hmm. the match was great, it was on battleground, they worked with what they had. I think they just I think people were just disappointed that it wasn't on like a big pay-per-view. It was just relegated to battleground. Yeah. A B pay-per-view. Could always be worse, could have been a raw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah true. Mm. Uh, the next year Baron Corbin. We've got <laughs> the, uh, big, big baldy Baron. Uh, baldy Baron. Baron. <laughs> that briefcase disappeared faster than his hair. And then we had one of the most controversial ones ever. It was the first ever historic <laughs> women's. One by James Ellsworth. Yeah. <laughs> See, this was something I went to bring up earlier on in 2010. If Maurice grabbed that for Ted DiBiase, it would have been such a good heel bit. Carmella was a heel. You're not meant to enjoy the fact that she won. Why is this a problem? It's true. He makes a very good point. It's made like, slightly more pointless that uh, even Ellsworth has said this why didn't why wasn't he there to help Carmella cash in because that was what he was there for he was there to help her win he helped her win my bank he would, if he helped her win the title it would have come full circle and the fact that he, he didn't he got released beforehand kind of makes it seem a bit less pointless sorry a bit more pointless even though it was a good way to get heat yeah, they sort of just negated it. I, one of the worst money in the bank ladder matches ever is the one on SmackDown. It's just, it's clunky. They've obviously been told not to do too much. And Carmella wins it again. We all knew she'd win it again. It's the, it's the image of the show now when they look back yeah. at winners, but really pointless. It, it'd have been much better if they just restarted on the pay-per-view yeah. and said, you know, maybe fire Ellsworth as a result and then hang the briefcase back up 
And then if Carmella wins it properly that way, maybe people would have been more accepting, but they would still be annoyed that, you know, she won it. You talk about an all-star layoff for a while, mate. Big, big Tamina. Who no. <laughs> didn't think Tamina was going to win that? I know. Anybody? I mean, just me? No? I know, I mean, people complained about a man winning it. If Tamina won it, another man would have won it. Jeez. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> oh. Wow. I'm sure she's a lovely big bloke. I'd love to have a pint with her sometime. <laughs> Anyway, that's going to bring an end. Don't have a good upbringing. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get into that. Uh, we're going to wrap it up for the first half now. We're going to go to the break. After the break, we're going to listen to some of the listeners' choices and our favourite and least favourite cash-ins. So we'll catch you back here in about five minutes. Hi, this is James Ellsworth. Duh, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the participants in this year's Money in the Bank ladder match. First, Chris Jericho! Because we're all big stars. Well, except for Sammy, of course. Nobody really knows who he is. But the rest of us, we're all pretty famous already, aren't we? I'm the most famous one in the entire arena tonight. Hell, I was saying I was famous before I even knew I was. And that's why I am the best in the the world world at what you do. We know you say it every week. We know. You know what, Chris? After the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, we're all going to be even more famous because, well, I will have the Money in the Bank contract and all of you will go down in history as the guys who watched me win it. Yeah, that sounds great, dude. You got it all figured out. Cool. Very proud of you. But hey, can we just uh, get to fighting now, please? I mean, that's why we're all out here standing on ladders, right? Don't forget this, just being in this match with me, one of the greatest of this generation, puts all of you on a different level. And so now, I want all of you to relax on your ladders, join in with all these cretins in the crowd tonight, as I give all of you the gift of Jericho. Drink it in, man. The gift of Jericho. Uh, don't drink it too long. Oh! oh! Ambrose with the gift of Ambrose. And now outside the ring, Owens and Sami Zayn. And we knew this was going to happen with six men on ladders inside the ring. Cesaro oh, oh, here with Jericho bouncing him right off the announce table. Ambrose with Del Rio now. Slamming him into the barricade. Oh, That SmackDown is going live on Tuesdays. What are you babbling about, you bag of bones? You don't even work here anymore, it's Teddy Long, you stupid idiot. (laughs) 
Not yet. But you see, if I was in control and this was a live episode of SmackDown, then I would take all you players and I would make a disqualification match, a six-pack Iron Man challenge match. And players, there must be a winner. Teddy, Teddy Long. Former general manager of SmackDown. I mean, Teddy, man, it's so good to see you. What are you doing here, though, really? I mean, honestly, what you said, it, it didn't make any sense. It's no secret. SmackDown is going live, and I want to run the show. Teddy, we haven't made any decisions as to who's going to be running the live SmackDowns, and I'm certainly not going to make that decision right here tonight. I'm sorry. Well, I tell you what, I ain't got time for you. Where's Shane at? Is Shane here tonight? Let me talk to Shane. Let me talk to Shane. Where's Shane McMahon? Well, Teddy, unfortunately, Shane is not here tonight. Shane is on vacation. I know. I wish he was here, too. I really do. But he's not. So, therefore, I, un I know you can appreciate what I have to do here to run the show, okay? So, how about you uh, get to step in? And do not hit his music. You're listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. This is the best, the beautiful, the only, Emily Hayden. Ladies and gentlemen, you're live from Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet on Strathclyde Fusion. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to James Ellsworth and the Scottish Wrestling Sensation and panellist on our all-women show, Emily Hayden. We'll be doing another all-women show in September, so keep an eye out for that. Also, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and many Android podcasting sites. Just search Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Suplex Retweet. And now we're going to the listeners' choices. We're talking our listeners' fa least favourite cash-ins and favourite cash-ins. Uh, Sam from the Is It, Is it Over Yet Wrestling podcast says his favourite cash-in has to be Seth and his worst is Corbin. Dan from the same podcast says Edge's original cash-in can't be beaten and Damien Sanders is the worst purely for what could have been. We've got Stuart Manny saying a rather controversial opinion compared to our panellists that Jack Swaggers was his favourite just for the simple fact that he didn't expect him to win. He didn't expect him to cash in so soon. <coughs> it's just out of nowhere. Greg Law. True. Greg Law with a, con uh, with a Different opinion, I couldn't get the word out there, I've no swallowed addiction in the day. <laughs> saying that Greg uh, saying that Jack Swaggers was his least favourite because he just hated Jack Swagger and his favourite it can't be beaten is the original Edge. We have Mark H saying his favourite again Edge at the original one and his least favourite is also Jack Swagger. Stuart, you're on your own here, pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Heather Lynn on Twitter says her favourite is a tie between RVD and Ambrose and hands down least favourite Cena. We'll get at Reese Teddy saying Rollins because he didn't want Reigns to win that main event at WrestleMania, but he also thinks too many people will pick that option, so he'll go RVD for the simple fact that the moment it gave ECW, the fact that it led to the revival, unfortunately the revival went nowhere. He also says Ambrose cash in was amazing. We said pick one, Reese, come on, son. And Baron Corbin's is the worst hands down. We'll get super kicking it with Kelsey. She said her favourite cash in is definitely Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Uh, but our least favourite is Seamus. We've got Chrissy Williams saying his favourite is Dolph Ziggler. He still thinks it's the best. 
and his least favourite is Kane for that comment you're dead to Scott <laughs> <laughs> well, so got he has up. a fair point though <laughs> don't start next, Scott, next, next, next time I go around Chrissy's house he's going to have an unexpected surprise in his bed <laughs> That came Can you say what? that before 9 p.m.? I, I came it wrong. I did not mean that. Uh, we also have some of our former panelists. We have Sarah Grieve, who couldn't be here tonight. Her favourite cash-in is hands down the Miz. We've got... The Miz girl. Yes, we've got yeah, the, angry the angry Miz, Miz girl. girl. Yeah, the angry Miz girl, that was 2010. Nowadays, she's, she's now Ronda Rousey. Yeah, which makes no sense that we... Have you seen the faces she pulls? It's the, the, the yeah, but the difference uncanny. in age. No. You know a lot of the facial expressions are genetic. <laughs> Sorry, Ross. Aren't you? No, no, I was just looking for male uh, favourite and least favourite cash ins here. Uh, Andy, Andy Mitchell, his favourite is Seth Rollins, worst Damien Sandow. Uh, David Campbell, the good David. Campbell's sitting there. Mm-hmm. Thank Christ, I got that right. <laughs> <laughs> his favourite is Edge's second one on SmackDown for. For him, Cole's best call is not this way, not this way, damn it. I probably said that with about as much enthusiasm as Todd Grisham announcing Christian's return. <laughs> His least favourite is Cena on Punk. Just felt that they didn't have a plan for money in the bank that year and it just felt like they made it a non-factor. Our reigning, defending, eat, sleep, suplex, repeat champion. Historic! <laughs> our least favourite is Cena. Our favourite is a tie between Edge or RVD. And Nathan Fisher, the perpetual second place. <laughs> favourite Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 31. Least favourite Sandow 2013. I feel bad about that wee insult. Nathan wished me good luck tonight. Sent me a nice wee text. Hi Nathan, miss you. <laughs> but we're... Was he the second person to send you a good luck? <laughs> <laughs> That's also actually a good wee... I've got to say, I has met Nathan for, uh, in person for the first time since I named it Nathan Fisher Award and I apologise to him for it and he actually found it hilarious so I'm in his good books. He can only go as far as a second date as well. <laughs> so, but he... But he's in a long-term relationship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that backfired. If you're Nathan's partner, you're listening to Nathan is loyal to you. <laughs> Two dates, Nathan's partners was hooked. One date and David's date was scared. Restraining <laughs> <laughs> order. I'm sorry, dude. No, but also is a good wee segue to announce that at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet with our other panellists, we're going to be doing a sweepstake. So Jamie might not have that title for long. We're also introducing... She will. Uh, she, how good was she at WrestleMania? She, she's she's good at yeah. all these trivia, so she'll hold. We also, uh, we're also going to have the first ever Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Money in the Bank briefcase. We don't know how that's going to work, but we'll get a go. Uh, but we're going to open it up to the panellists now, our favourite and least favourite cash-in. So Scott, we talked about yours earlier. Favourite cash-in? Well, originally I was going to go with uh, Rollins or Edge, but they're the two obvious ones. But uh, I had to, in the end I had to go with my heart, I had to go with the one, the personal one, it was Kane. In 2010 I said Kane finally got his dues. And also he did something that no, nobody else up until that point had done. He cashed in the same night, no messing about. And he would really, he has the size of guys strength advantage over Ruby Zero most days. But he picked on the vulnerable time he had an ankle injury, just came in, no messing about, took the belt. And say what you all about his run, but for me it was just the best night ever. See... Nah, I'm not too sure. I, I, I thought the whole thing of him coming out and saving him and then coming out two minutes later to cash in. Swerve. 
Yeah, that was a good swerve, that, actually. I, I like that. That was a terrible swerve. It was a terrible one. He didn't come out the first time with the briefcase. He he was, I think he would look weird if he just carried around a briefcase all the time, because that doesn't yeah. really suit his character. Plus, it was blue. The big red machine with his big blue lunchbox. Yeah, <laughs> big red machine holding a blue briefcase. I mean, it, was, it, just didn't, it just didn't look right. It was a look of fear on Mysterio's face. He was like, no. Oh, no, please don't. Please no, don't just wait. one more night. It was, it was at this time. That We're Rames, not feuding again. It was at this moment that Rames still regretted all his life choices. <laughs> And are we talking about least favourite now or are we moving on? No, no, least favourite on you. Uh, least favourite, uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Sandow because I think it's the most forgettable in my opinion. Also, the cash in just kind of was underwhelming. Also, like, Cena was still had his arm wrapped up. He was still coming back from a, it was a bicep injury and he still couldn't beat him. So. Yeah, as a weird, I, I'm someone that hates like, one day title reigns. Yeah. Because I, I think it dilutes the belt. But I'll, I also didn't want the cash in to not be successful so I was sort of like rocking a hard place with us it was like come on Sandow but at the same time come on Cena <laughs> at the same time if he hadn't cast in the rain probably wouldn't have been that memory anyway, anyway so yeah it's forgettable yeah Ross was that one guy who, who the one, there's always the one guy who does both the chance let's go Cena Cena sucks <laughs> <Being> quacker <laughs> <laughs> that's his Jackie Polo and Lionheart one mm-hmm. Jackie Lionheart <laughs> <laughs> It's just justice now. Oh, God, don't get me started on that. <laughs> Let's move swiftly on for him. Stacey Smith's listening with a you-know-what eating grin again. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alan, we'll come to you. You've got a list there. You, I you've do. Reser- you researched this more than I did. <laughs> the problem being is I can't seem to pick one. I'm tied between two. Well, on you go. So, I'm tied between Orton Cash and Daniel Bryan and the shock factor mm-hmm. of how it happened. And also the way Seamus cashed in in Roman because the confetti's fallen the fans are not happy Roman's champion and Seamus just came out and kicked his head in and took the title and I thought wow and I'm a Roman fan although I keep getting hold of the big dog he isn't my favourite it's AJ Styles but a big dog just kind of stuck but that was the first time I've ever been glad to see Reigns lose I was over the moon because I like Seamus as well you know because we support the same team <laughs> What, you? You're a Liverpool fan? <laughs> no. He's a Celtic fan. Yes, I'm a good boy. The big dog is a Celtic fan. Um, just remember who's that. hosting the show. It's <laughs> alright, we share the love of the rock. Yeah. Just remember who's producing it. Yeah. Fair There's a bitter, bitter orange sitting across from you, Alan. Just remember this. Yeah. <laughs> it always is. Moving swiftly on, I actually yes. forgot, because we've been past 2013, that I actually forgot Orton had the briefcase till you mentioned it. Yeah, it was, it was, I was watching, as I said earlier, the, the top 10 cash-ins, and I totally forgot about it. Did you seen it? And it was like, and I remember being in the pub watching it, and I was like, my jaw hit the, my jaw hit the ground. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Because finally, Brian got the title to get it taken away seconds later. Were you more shocked about the, ca- the cash-in or the Triple H shield turn? I think at the time... No, I'm probably still, still probably more the Triple H son because mm-hmm. he, he backed him all the way. Mm-hmm. But then every time you see somebody getting backed in wrestling, you're always waiting for the screw job coming, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. like when you see two good pals raising each other's arms up at the end of a match, you're like, he's a screw job and he doesn't come. <laughs> and you're kind of disappointed he doesn't come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as well, Triple H kind of lingered about the ring a bit too long. Yeah. Yeah, so you always knew there's, there's something there. Plus, he was wearing trackies as well. That was a dead giveaway. <laughs> if he was going to be clean, he'd have worn his suit trousers, you know? The referees wear suit trousers? Yeah. Yeah. I, I always thought they were just joggies. No. 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 no, it's just Mick Foley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Plus, Triple H actually had his boots and his knee pads on underneath. David. Uh-huh. You're on the board of directors, you should know that. No, no, I'm not on the board of directors, I'm on 205 Live. 
Making it it's great been again. He's been demoted. <laughs> Who's your least favourite, Alan? Uh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> You're not presenting, man. I was about to say, who's hosting this? <laughs> sorry, Russell boy. Uh, sorry, uh, Alan, uh, if I could ask you a question, uh, could you please tell us your least favourite question? Absolutely, old chap. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of tied again between two. One can be mentioned already, Jack Swagger. I was never a fan, I just didn't feel any charisma. But also Cena. Mm-hmm. If Cena just ran in in the thousandth episode and cashed in and stopped Punk's reign, probably could have turned a lot of fans for him. But the fact he was like, oh, I'm going to be the goody two-shoes, 999, I'm going to come in tell you, I'm going to cash in next week. And it was a great match, but it was, what, I think he was what, the first one to fail. He was the first one, he didn't lose, but he did fail, because yeah. he won by DQ. And but... I mean, he's always the guy that is going to be the first to fail or something, because he's a big head, so yeah. he's, the, he's the top guy, so he takes the pressure off it, but it was totally rotten. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's well, the week before, it's Big Show shouting at him, he's like, we don't like each other, we don't have to. Do the smart thing, he's down. You've not been able to beat him, cash mm-hmm. in. Because this was the point where Punk had seen his number at every turn in big matches. Mm-hmm. Big match John couldn't beat big match Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And Big Show's shouting like, take it, take it now. And then he hits Big Show, which I thought was a bit uncalled for, to be honest with you. John, what are you playing at? Oh, pit pair, John. Anyway, uh, we'll move on to the co-host, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Dave, what's your favourite cash in? My favourite, hands down, has got to be Dolph Ziggler. Night after WrestleMania 29. Like, and you know you know, the Raw after Mania nowadays, it gets a lot of, you know, it's the most lively crowd of the entire year. And it only became really a thing that year. Yeah. The crowd was just, it, it went rogue, essentially. It was pop he got for Yeah, it. the pop was arguably the loudest appearance. It's like, maybe... Uh, mankind winning the WWE Championship and because th- everybody was shouting for Ziggler like during the whole Del Rio swagger feud like even at last the, the night before at Wrestlemania they were chanting for Ziggler the whole time and even Jerry Lawler on commentary was trying to hide the fact that like they were saying are they chanting we want Coulter and stuff because Zeb Coulter was swagger's manager but yeah Del Rio was down and out, he was, I was clutching his knee and everybody was wanting to Ziggler. His music hits, here to show the world, and it's literally the roof just blows off the place. Do you realise you're not in karaoke? I know, yep. <laughs> and you know, it wasn't like a quick cash in either, it wasn't one that lasted like a few seconds. It went on for a good few minutes, and Del Rio gets the arm, cross arm breaker in, Ziggler's, you know, they think, oh no, don't let this happen, don't let this happen, and then zigzag out of nowhere, best, best feeling from a cash in ever. I think as well it's it's a weird one because like we said Edge lost at the start of New Year's Revolution Mm. he was Ziggler was sort of mid card and then about three matches later was a world title I think it was co-main event and you just thought right Ziggler lost it was like ten minutes long it's got to be the cash in tonight it's got to be tonight like he's he's came into WrestleMania no one's ever came into WrestleMania still holding the money in that briefcase at the time yeah yeah at the Mm -hmm. Who's telling the story? Shush boy. Uh, quiet in the corner. <laughs> no, but I've lost my train of thought now. Christ's sake. Wish you were on a train that went after track. <laughs> <laughs> no, but as it seemed it was destined to happen at WrestleMania. And I think the fact that they left it to the next night, it, it made it so more impactful. Mm-hmm. So we've talked to your favourite, least favourite. Uh, gonna have to go with the general consensus again it probably has to be Damien Sandow because I think he was a very uh, I say this lightly he's quite a 
quite a poor winner considering who else was in that match that year. He had the feud with Cody Rhodes, which I think should have been for the briefcase as well. Maybe it could have been a SummerSlam match. Was that stipulation. not? Was that not the stipulation? No, they just no. had a regular match. Yeah, they had a match. There was, there was talk about it being the stipulation. Yeah, they had a match with SummerSlam. Which yeah. Cody won, but mm-hmm. yeah, because I think Cody was more deserving of it at the time. He'd just gone through a, some sort of quiet face turn, and but yeah, the cash in as well. Cena obviously had his arm taped up, so he wasn't completely vulnerable. I think it was a really poor choice on Sandow's part to go for win because Cena wasn't down and out. He was just limping a bit. And obviously, Cena never give up mm-hmm. and stuff. It was the ultimate burial of Sandow, and I really hated that. Wait, wait, you didn't think it was the right time? He pummeled him with the steps. No, he pu- <laughs> with the steps and the briefcase. And the, yeah. and the briefcase. He pretty much threw everything at him. Yeah, just, uh, he handed it to Cena, <laughs> and then still it, couldn't get the job done. Yeah, it was. I think, you know, Sandow was in line for a big push, but, mm-hmm. you know, they just decided, no, we'll just dress him up like. Uh, macho man will pair him off we'll make him dress up in silly costumes the rest of the time it's literally the biggest downfall I've seen in uh, anybody on the main roster in, in years it was oh, I hated it horrible yeah, it, is, it does seem like a big waste and if a match you only get twice a year considering the other match which, uh, the other cash in sorry was cashed in a month later by Randy Orton it just seems like this could be like, we'll build it we'll build it and it just fell flat in his face uh, right, so we'll go to the the, the, can't even speak here. We'll go with Stevie. I've not even got a nickname for him. The founder of the podcast. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Uh, my favourite one. I was torn between two. I was torn. I was. I was kind. Part of me was going to say RVD, just because of the moment of the at the ECW one night stand. But I'm a fan of that of the surprise factor of it. And there was no bigger surprise factor than at WrestleMania 31 with Seth Rollins. And hands down, that's got to be. The best moment, the best cash ever. I mean, I'm one of a, a rare selection of people who thought that was a really good match between Roman and Lesnar. So did I. I thought yeah. it was a good one. I, I've been criticised many times for saying it was a good match by people who only ever watch YouTube. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I thought the cash was perfect. I, 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 it's, I mean, it's, it. it I love, I'm a big fan of Seth Rollins and to see him to do that the pop as well which is, it was the excitement in his face as well when he was running down the ramp he just knows he's going to do it he's like it's just amazing so it was amazing as well he said on the loss and how he took that loss earlier on in the night yeah he didn't he didn't expect him to cash in no you, you thought maybe he would have done a Ziggler and cash in the next night you know Roman would have won and then on Raw uh, Rollins comes out maybe he would have done it unsuccessfully who knows but to have it actually happen make that make it a different match it just changed the landscape of what it added another layer to money in the bank that we didn't think we already had and I think that was the brilliant thing it basically just changed the match type on the spot and yeah it was an absolute booking thunderbolt because you know everybody was thinking Lesnar's going to leave but then he turns out he resigned he resigned got a new three year deal but what? never yeah. this, is a, this is a recurring theme and uh, I know not not everybody was behind Roman winning because of, given the whole Royal Rumble 5th 2015 debacle so I think the main event of that year was set up to be a pretty uh, deflating finish either way but Seth Rollins coming in at that moment during the match rather than after it, it that was perfect I don't think there's any other way they could have pulled that off and got a good result I don't know what debacle Royal Rumble you're talking about me and Alan are looking at each other we got to see the rock at that Royal Rumble <laughs> I'll thank you kindly right so we've talked about your favourite least favourite I'm going to be controversial my least favourite uh, my least favourite is Daniel Bryan yeah it's, it's a poor one yeah uh, you're talking about a guy now we're talking about the hottest guy in wrestling 
and he had the flattest cash in ever. He had, he, he, after he won the briefcase, he essentially did nothing. He lost to Barrett at SummerSlam. He was in nowhere feuds. He couldn't even get on the main card. I think he was feuding with Sin Cara on SmackDown. Was, and then he, sorry, he was in a losing feud on Superstars with Trent Barrett. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Trent obviously amazing in New Japan, uh, but on SmackDown he was a nobody. Uh, and then he just got somehow involved with Big Show and Mark Henry. And there was points on SmackDown that he could have cashed and didn't. He was pals with the Big Show, and then all of a sudden Big Show is down after being hit with, I think it was a World's Strongest Slam onto a bunch of chairs, and then he comes in and it's literally like, he's in the pin before the before the briefcase, he pretty much has thrown the briefcase and then straight into the pin. It just made him look so stupid, and I thought it was just the wrong point. They, they definitely played in the size difference on that, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, little, the wee man has to wait till the big guy's down before they go for it, and it, I think that took credibility away from it. Mm-hmm. It's something else as well that annoyed me is the fact that in previous cash-ins, it was like Edge, they will act to him, like get up, get your hands up, you know, as if it was like a legit championship match, get your hands up, you know, can you defend yourself? Same with Cena when it happened to him at uh, New Year's Revolution. And then this one, it was just like, oh, he's done, I quill. So. Yeah, no, I was going to say, yeah, it's like, I think that was only one time where, you know, if it's a new match to start and the other guy's got to get on his yeah. feet to start, but Big Show was just flat out. And then Brian just goes straight for a pin and that's, yeah, that, that match was probably the, the shortest cash-in match as well. Last like four seconds. Yeah. Ironically enough, as well, happened to Daniel Bryan two years later. Yeah. He's down on the ground. He didn't get up. Obviously, that was crooked refereeing. But I mean, it was mm. it was a tough one. I mean, I, I found when I was looking back, I found more bad cash-ins than good ones. Yeah. The good ones were brilliant, but there were so many ones you just thought, yeah. why? So we'll give our MVEP a wee chance to speak here. Oh. Uh, huh, yeah. This is a treat. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know, you, you keep it up, I might even buy you a wee cheeseburger after a wee bag of buttons. <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant, so All right, <laughs> all right, excuse me. Oh. We'll buy you a stick of celery, Christ's sake. <laughs> right, quite good. That's much better. Oh, I actually have a big phone. So my favourite, I've watched some a few back, and I think, at first, if, you, if I don't, if you're going to ask me straight up, I thought I would have said Edge at New Year's Revolution, the very first one. But I actually prefer Rob Van Dam's purely because of the way it happened at ECW. I mean, it's just that moment of the booze John Cena is getting. He throws his cap into the crowd and somebody throws it back at him. <laughs> and then it starts that whole momentum of he throws his t-shirt, then people keep on saying, throw it back, throw it back. And it's like, what if that poor guy has a son at home that loves John Cena and he wanted to give it to his son and he couldn't because everyone's telling him to throw it back in? We shame. And my least favourite, probably because of the whole way it was done in the like at the start. I mean, he was the only guy to make it into a brown leather briefcase. So he became a proper briefcase wanker. And it was, <laughs> and it was Damien's... Can you see that before nine? Yes, I can. I'm the um, I'm the, I'm the v- EP. I'll say what I want. Uh, so, um, yeah, Damien Sanders was just... It was just a bit... And it was... I think it was the first, like, surprise cash-in that became, like, a proper full-on match. Like, when I say a full-on match, like... It wasn't just like a squash match, it became like a back and forth, back and forth, and then he actually lost it, so like lost it in the proper sense, if you know what I mean. One thing you could say about the Sandow cash-in was the match was very good. Yeah. It was a very good match, but as a cash-in. Because mm. it did keep you on your heels because 
you you would think, okay, it's a surprise. Surely he's got to win it. He's got to win it. They are building him up with the way he does his promos with the unwashed masses and everything. And is, wait, 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 now that I'm talking about it, it's actually such a shame that we, when we look back at David Sandow, like the best time he had at WWE was when he became Damien Mizdow. Yeah. And it's such a shame. Like this guy had the money in the bank briefcase. They were building up as a good heel everything else and now it's come to the case of now where a lot of us are now saying it's probably one of the worst cash-ins and it's such a shame yeah definitely I'm going to go with my favourite one I thought I would have said Rollins or Ziggler but listening to you talk there I think the best story is Dean Ambrose's because it's something I said I don't think Dean Ambrose will ever win the world title unless he beats Seth Rollins and then Seth Rollins gets injured makes his triumphant return he beats what we thought was going to be the run of Super Roman. He beats him clean in the middle of the ring and then not having won it 40, 50 minutes earlier, comes out and people talk about, oh, oh, I mean, why did Ambrose do it like that? Why did he come out for the crowd? It's to make up for the fact that Rollins broke up the shield. Rollins attacked Ambrose, cost him title matches, injured him, you know, made his life a living hell. And basically, like, the story we got with Dean Ambrose going into WrestleMania with Brock Lesnar was he's never had a family life. The Shield were the only family he ever knew. And I think that was a perfect, you know, complete circle, completed the storyline, and it did lead to a, a triple threat match, which I thought was absolutely amazing. Least favourite, I'm going to go with, I think, Corbin. Because I feel sorry for the guy. Because it was playing a no-nonsense character on TV. And a lot of, a lot of the, the old timers you hear always talk about how, oh, when we came into the business, we didn't care who we pissed off, you know, we we were here to make a name for ourselves. And yet nowadays, whenever someone mouths off on Twitter, you get Dave Meltzer, who was feuding with Baron Corbin on Twitter, you get the likes of Bubba Dudley and Jim Cornette saying, oh, you're disrespectful to the business. And it, it just felt like he was getting punished for speaking his mind, which is something everyone else pushes. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's sort of a thing now in this day and age as well with social media. You know, any opinion's going to get a negative response from from one person or another. Yeah. And you know, there's no there's no filter on what people can say, obviously, because you know freedom of speech and all that. But I think it's tricky as well for WWE superstars on social media because you know you don't know if they're being themselves or they're being their characters. I think Corbin was trying to be the character, but a lot of people misread it, maybe took it the wrong way, and he got punished unfairly as a result. Yeah, yeah. So, so Scott, were you putting hand up to speak? Well, I did have a point, but I was actually just found myself with a bit of paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, like, it's a shame for Corbin not only that he lost in the way he did, but the fact that he lost it to Jim Mahal. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that the money the man that he oh, was don't in. Start. Don't oh, start with Jim. Don't, don't start with Jim. It was a roll up as well. So the fact that the man that he was in, he was in there with guys like Nakamura, AJ, Kevin Owens, all for the right to fight Jinder. Uh, like, when they had that kind of containers match between Shinsuke and John Cena, somebody said it was like, it was like Stone Cold and Goldberg fighting for the right to fight Bob Holly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Al, were you going to say something, Alan, on the Dean Ambrose point? I was, yeah. The only thing I was going to say was, considering their storyline that the feud they had, he could never get one up over yeah. Rollins. And they finally, if he's going to get one up, I'm going to take your title from you yeah. less than a minute and you've had it. Yeah, it's the perfect way to finish that story. So, we've had our favourite choices. 
we've talked about the past, we're now looking forward to the future, we're talking about this year's Money in the Bank, we've got the 19th edition of the men's match, and we've got the third ever women's match, so it's not so historic anymore, you know, they've had, <laughs> they've had their time. It's battle-worn. <laughs> that, that, that wasn't meant like that. It's, yeah. ba- it's battle-worn. Yes. <laughs> So we've got the women's money in the bank this year. We have Ember Moon, Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Natalia, Lana, Naomi, Sasha Banks. Scott, you have one person. You are desperate not to win this money in the bank. Yes, I, I, I'm sure the WWE booking team always listens to this show. But I'm, I'm appealing to their better judgment. Please don't give it to Natalia. Please, anyone, even Lana. Give it to Lana over Natalia. Because at least if Rusev wins, you have, the, you have the story of Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank. Natalia, I'm sure the match might be good with her between her and Ronda. If she cashes in, I do not want to sit through that feed all the promos. We already had one man win it. We don't need to have someone who sounds like a man win it this year. I'm, 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 Natalia's a beautiful woman, but she sounds, in the ring, she sounds like a man. She's Canadian, man. She can't help it. And also, she's surprisingly bad for the heritage she's got. She's supposed to be a part of the Hart family, and she's not even that good in the ring. Uh, yeah, I would disagree with that. Yes, I would. Yeah, I would say she's good, but I don't. Th- I don't think she deserves to win it. There is only one woman on the roster who deserves to be win it. She should hold all the titles because she's that good. Becky Lynch. I totally agree. I can one hundred percent. Yeah, Becky Lynch. Yep. So we've got three for Becky there. Next. As long as it's not Sasha, I am so sick of this whole Sasha Banks thing. Yeah, like, apparently, so they're, over. apparently they're build- Sasha's going to do some sort of big move off the ladder. That's the plan for Sasha. She's going to kick somebody off it, like uh-huh. yeah, she kicks all her friends. We're finally, we're finally going to get the Bailey heel turn that will make Gary cry. Can I, can I be honest? <laughs> I hate Sasha. Sasha Banks to me is like the Shane McMahon of the women's division. She'll jump off something big or she'll do a dangerous dive, but it's never safe. It's never like easy looking. It always looks like she's just about killed herself. It always puts pressure on her opponents to catch her. Like we saw, like. Naomi's usually quite good with suicide dives. We saw on SmackDown last week, Aiden English caught her perfectly just to stop her face planting and maybe breaking her neck. That's once in a while you can accept that, but it's like, after a while, it's like, Sasha Gunny, calm it down, hen. To be fair though, yeah. Sasha's got better punches than Shane McMahon. Oh, I like a Sasha, she's no got no arms. charisma to me. She's got you, absolutely no charisma at all. Are you guys purposely trying to annoy me? How the hell do you hate Shane McMahon? No, I don't I like Shane. I like Shane. I like Shane. I think he's talking about the fact that Shane jumps off of everything. Yeah, I Shane has a point to me. And that's a terrible no, thing. No, 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 I'm saying Sasha is. Shane McMahon is Shane, a good highlight. He's fearless. You should apologise to the McCloud brothers for entertaining the fans and jumping off 20 foot hell in their cell cages, doing all sorts of stuff. That was a terrible match. You should apologise. Apologise hey, right hey, I, I wasn't saying anything about him jumping off things. I just don't like his punches. I like him jumping off things. I just don't like his punches. Anyway, we've had we've had three of the panelists say Becky Lynch. Scott, you've had a rant about how you don't want Natalia to win. <laughs> Be- Becky Lynch needs it the most, I think, because she's been overlooked for far too long. I mean, first ever SmackDown Women's Champion, great, but she needs to pick it back up again. What about Lana? Uh, Lana's supposed to be the one that built the division round and it's mm. never happened well again you know I think it's just, again I don't know if it's just poor booking or maybe they just want to tone down the whole Rusev day Lana day that's a big theme. mistake well she's just got your t-shirt with happy Lana happy day happy Lana day yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the one day of the week it's not <laughs> Rusev day I've seen I that Smackdown promo this week what happened to her accent she pulled a Kofi Kingston on us <laughs> well anyway if I could get back to asking Scott 
before you all jumped on the poor boy. Yeah, David. <laughs> no, it wasn't David. It was he, Alan he and Stephen. We were all no, in it. Thank no, you. Sorry, just a, it yeah, was David that started that. Sorry, you started it. David. Oh, good God! Shut up, Malati. Scott, who do you want to win, quick? Well, I was, it's quite difficult for me for the win one because originally I was going to see either Charlotte or Becky, but I've got a SmackDown person win the men's one, so I think I don't think they'll have two winners from the same brand, so it has to be somebody for Raw. And I don't want it to be Natalia for a reason I just explained. I don't. I think it's a bit too soon for Ember. So by kind of process of elimination, I'm gonna go with Sasha. I know that may give a heat, but I not think, Alexa Bliss. No, I think she's kind of done with her. She's, she had a big run. She was ahead of the women's division for most of the entirety of last year. I think they're gonna try and give it to somebody else. Uh, Quacker, do you like his uh? Wolves. Twice. Uh, uh, this is a treat. <laughs> oh my god. Is. Uh, now that you've put me on the spot, I wouldn't begrudge if Ember Moon won it, for example. Everyone knows I love Ember Moon, I'm a big NXT guy, she's fantastic, yada yada. Um, see, to be honest with you, I don't think there's anybody that I would say if they won it, I would be like, oh, okay then. I, they all have their own stamp to it, and I think they could all do something with it. Because mm-hmm. they all have their own angles and whatever have you. So it's just it's just a case of really your spot for choice in this one, I would say. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Ember Moon, obviously, the up and comer. Charlotte Flair <coughs> can turn heel at any time. Alexa Bliss is a despicable heel. Becky Lynch has got this sort of but you've seen promos when she's been screwed over multiple times. I'll never be that one to go to the dark side. I'll never be the one to cheat. So I want to get caught in the canteen with the queen quinoa. <laughs> I want to be the person. She's going to be the female John Cena, yeah, really. She really is, I think. You're saying like Buddy Luke like Skywalker. I'll never go to the dark side. <laughs> You've got Natalia, who Scott hates, but Natalia's my pick, by the way. I think she is cashing in that night. You're on the dead new to champion. me too. <laughs> that, the new champion, Ronda Rousey, I think she's cashing what? in on. Because Natalia, sorry, Natalia leads to the the Ronda storyline. Lana will annoy everyone, which I think would be great. <laughs> Naomi, I can't go Naomi. I think she's I think annoying. She, I think she's what? good. She'll be the spot fest, I think. Yeah, I think I think she's good. And then obviously you get Sasha Banks. I think if Sasha Banks win it, wins it, Bailey will be a world champion soon again. Uh, again mm-hmm. And it will be on Bailey. She cashes in on. That makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Uh, possibilities are endless with that one. Yeah, it's actually one of the looking in here. It's one of the better money in the bank matches we've had this year. Like Quacko said, you wouldn't begrudge anyone winning it. Mm-hmm. So I've went to Italia. We've had three for Becky. We've had one for Sasha. And we've sorry, Quacko, you said Emberman. Yeah, but see, saying that, I'm actually surprised that none of the right squadrons are among there. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the right squad will come out and cause like interference. Uh, I, I hope so. That. I, I hope so. Yeah. Maybe because they have been building them up for a past year. And it, it you think Bailey will get involved as well in some way? I think she'll probably try and fend off the riot squad, and she'll cost she'll cost Sasha the match or something. Maybe, yeah. They, did they ever actually have a like a a match to sort of end the feud? No, it's like literally the longest feud going. Has <coughs> not had a feud. It's like yeah. It's like well, they won't. They will. They won't. They were Ross and Rachel feuds, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. They were on a break. We've discussed this. <laughs> Sasha and Bailey are on a break, that's the, <laughs> the situation at the minute. So we go for the women's one to the men's money in the back ladder match. We've got Braun Strowman, we've got Finn Balor, we've got The Miz, Rusev, Bobby Roode, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and either Big E, Kofi, or Xavier Woods. They haven't revealed who yet. It looks like it's got to be Big E. 
again, this is another money in the bank where I wouldn't begrudge anyone winning it. It's a hard, it's a hard one to call. I would say the only one I don't want to win is Bobby Roode. See, I don't want Strowman to win. I'm kind of getting fed up with this whole over thing with him. He needs to come down a peg. Does, does Strowman need the win? Strowman doesn't need it, but I hate that he's been brought down a peg. You know, he's tag teaming with Bobby Lashley. He won the greatest Royal Rumble. He should be a so like again the solo monster he was that dominated all of last year See, why is he not in that position still I think he's the guy he'd finally end no thank god Lesnar's reign I think he, he will be the guy I don't think it'll be Reigns I don't think, think, I don't think he needs a briefcase to do it he doesn't need yeah, it. yeah, yeah exactly doesn't I just don't want him to work. I kind of get a bit fed up I'd rather he earn the way up well, he's, but he's just automatically a first choice he doesn't need the briefcase but it would be a good moment Strowman win it he swerves the champion holding the ring up holding the title up after a grueling match and then hearing Braun Strowman's music and the expression change like oh god because you know who's, he's got, you got the fresh monster coming down to cash in on you after you've been for like a 20 minute match and like everybody's got possibilities and like even Rude could possibly turn heel please god if he but wins it the, the, new, the new day aspect of it is interesting though because obviously they've kept it till the very last minute which kind of adds intrigue and you kind of think this could be a breakout moment for any of the three of them obviously Kofi's been in the matches before but Big E and even Xavier Woods could be the out of left field in this mm-hmm. choice and mm-hmm. steal the show. He's, he's been stealing the show on a lot of the recent shows mm-hmm. in the singles matches. So they may be going that way because of that. Yeah, Co- Kofi's too much of an easy choice to pick. You know, he's I, think he's, I think he's far lots, too easy a choice. My money would be in Xavier. I, I, I personally think Big E because I think that he, the, he's the one that Vince kind of sees as the, the, lead, the, the lead guy, the main guy coming from it. So I think he, they would use this to test the, test the waters with him again. Well, mm. I've got on our predictions, I have Samoa Joe to win. Samoa Joe has came back, he has not cut a bad promo. I bar the Roman Reigns match, which I still defend because he told Roman Reigns, I'm going to stretch you, I'm going to make you suffer. It's not going to be a pretty wrestling match. I'm going to hold you down and try to suffocate you. Mm. That's what that match was. Did what he was going to say. But Samoa Joe, I think, he is getting, he's what, 39 now? 39, 40? Around there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so... Yeah, he has been injured more frequently recently. I think if you're going to go with him, you need to go with him now. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think he will eventually be world champion by the end of the year, but I don't see him on it. I can't, I, like Scott was saying, I, I agree, a case is going to each show. I can't see anyone but Raw get, somebody in Raw getting this. Yeah, I think, I, so, think, I think it'll be Joe, personally, I trust my show. So, yeah. Steve has got Joe, I've got Joe. Alan, who have you got, sorry? My head is saying Balor. My gut's telling me Bobby Roode, because... Triple H is huge in him. He sees him as the next big guy, and I could potentially see Rude sneaking in there and nicking him. It's only because Rude looks like Triple H. <laughs> but Rude, is, he's proven himself. He went to TNA, he was a mid card, they went there, a really good tag team. They gave him a chance to be the top guy, and he took it and he ran with it, and he was a phenomenal heel in TNA. That's what they, they would need to turn them heel if they're going to give him the big face. He, as, as a face, he is flat. It's inevitable. He's going to be. He's yeah. going to be like the new Rick, Rick Flair, arrogant in your face. Well, that's why he was in NXT with the whole the glorious music right. helps him that he is better than you. Yeah, and that's why it worked well in NXT. And then he's came up. And he's been like this underdog on the main roster. It's like that does not suit Bobby Roode. Yeah, could you I imagine? I think he's going to win it in a sneaky way. Like Strowman's about to get it, and he's going to low blow. Him. Could and you? Strowman's am- going to fall. And that's how he take it. Could you imagine in real life if one of your friends called himself Glorious? You would not be that guy's friend anymore. That is not a baby face. That's that is... what you do. <laughs> no, I call myself electrifying. And we've discussed how I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, you are a shocking person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a deeply despicable human being. I have become to terms with that. But yeah, Bobby Roode, if he won it, he desperately needs a heel turn. So we've got me, Joe, you, Joe. You've said Bobby Roode in a sneaky suspicion. I, I, I'm, I'd say Roode. I'm going to go Roode over. Dev? 
Uh, again, I'm getting mixed feelings with this one, but my head is for Raw is actually saying Finn Balor. Because I think, you know, it doesn't say specifically you have to cash in on Raw's champion. You know, you never know Finn Balor could jump to SmackDown and you know, maybe pick up a feud with AJ again and get the club involved as well. I mean, that's wishful thinking, but you know, it doesn't sound like something WWE would do. So, but my head's, my head's saying Balor, but he'll cash in on AJ rather than Lesnar. But my heart has to go with uh, with Rusev. Because you gave me your predictions earlier, you yeah. said Rusev earlier. Yeah, we, I, I said Rusev with the predictions, so I went with my heart. But now I'm thinking, using my head for once. Uh, predictions are locked in, Dave, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if Finn Balor won it. As long as, well, I mean, I don't see who couldn't win it, but I think the least likely to win is probably whoever's the new day's bringing in. Uh, I've got Samoa Joe for a summer reason to strongly because it's going to be someone facing that down just the moment of the tired champion hearing Joe's music and then obviously it would be better if Joe did an amber thing even come down there and just comes up sneaks up from behind them and starts to choke them out and just they pass out and then the bell rings he just has to pin them because he's already choked them out yeah that that would be amazing uh, Quacker sorry, sorry on you go I was, I was going to say Joe's kind of in the same position as Strowman I, don't, I think he's a guy who doesn't really need it you know he could just put somebody out straight away with coquina clutch and yeah if he just became number one contender challenge straight away he's got a run of domination a run of momentum and he could easily just take it without a briefcase uh, for me okay if you're gonna go by what could be the best promos as a result of it if you're gonna say it I would say Alexa Bliss for the women's and um, Samoa Joe for the men's that's purely on promos or whatever have you. Again, I'd actually, because I think I would bring the most interesting dynamic and change, I think Big E, I would like to see him win it, because if you think about it, that will probably have the biggest change in momentum in, the, in SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so we've got a, a couple of minutes left, so without going into too much deep discussion, because we will be reviewing the show next week, I'll just go around the, just one more answers for each match. Scott, WWE title match, who's winning? Nakamura. Alan? Nakamura. AJ? Nakamura. Nakamura. So we've got four for Nakamura and one for AJ. Uh, women's title, Ronda v. Naya? Ronda. Naya. Ronda. Naya. Naya. Carmella versus Asuka? Asuka. 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 Carmella. Asuka. <laughs> so four aren't ready for Asuka and one wants Carmella to win. Ellsworth. Like <laughs> That's why I put them in the voices. <laughs> oh, good God. <laughs> uh, we've got possibly the best superstar on the WWE roster at the minute, Seth Rollins, against one of the best heels of recent years, just on promos alone. Elias. Scott, Elias, Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins. Rollins, but I want Elias. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. So, clean sweep for Rollins. I'm trying to oh, oh, the main event. We forgot about the main event. Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal in Chicago. Good God. <laughs> Why? Why? Why do we have to sit through this? Scott, uh, Roman or Jinder? Jinder. Jinder. Roman? <laughs> Roman. Hands down. I think the hot dog stand will win because everyone will leave to, <laughs> to, get, to, get, to, get, to get some confectionery during that match. So Just for a, a dream scenario, yeah. Punk comes in and leaves the two of them. At. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a good hot dog break. <laughs> uh, Daniel Bryan, Big Cass, the feud that will never end. 
He's small, so he must be rubbish. He's big, so he must be lazy. Yes, it's great. Great booking here, lads. Uh, Scott, Daniel, Brian, Big Cass. Brian. Brian Danielson. Brian. Big Cass. Big Cass. I've, I've locked my predictions in. I did say Daniel Bryan earlier, but I'm just thinking now. I've got a feeling Big Cass is winning. And I know for a fact I'm going to watch this and Big Cass is winning like that. I'm a numpty, I should have picked that. <laughs> <laughs> so... What else? Oh, oh, tag team I, titles. Yeah, we've got the tag team titles, but again, another stellar feud at the minute. Bobby Roode, who loves uh, Bobby Lashley, who loves his sisters, and Sami Zayn, who hates happiness apparently, <laughs> and possibly the most mis- mismatched feud ever. Sami Zayn is about five foot nine, skinny as a pencil, and loved by the Chicago crowd. Bobby Lashley is a heel in TNA who won three titles because he could. That's simply it. And yet, they're on opposite sides. Scott, Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn. Most boring man alive, Bobby Lashley. 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 Clacker. Eh, Lashley. So we've got a clean sweep for Lashley, and last but not least, the SmackDown Tag Team titles. There's Scott, also the Raw. No, the, that hasn't been announced yet. It's not on the official match card. It will be. It'll be brave. The leader of Worlds versus the B Team. It's going to be a pre-show match. Ah, pre-show. So, right, well, we'll ignore that now because it's not been announced. Uh, Smackdown tag title, Scott, who have you got winning? Uh, Bludgeon Brothers. Bludgeon Brothers. Bludgeon Brothers. Steven Bludgeon Brothers. Bludgeon Brothers. So we've got a clean sweep for Bludgeon Brothers. So, all that remains now is to wrap it up. We've had fun going down a, <laughs> a memory road of memorable money bank cash-in, some not so memorable cash-in. So, thank you to Scott. Scott, Alan, Stevie, they're moving the chairs about here and distracting me. <laughs> Somebody dropped their phone. It's like, if any listeners are listening, when you remember school <laughs> and people started to leave the class early, that bell's for me, not for you. <laughs> moving your chair close to the door so you'd be first and he, and he does even shut the door behind uh, him properly. That's what happens when you think you own Evan. Uh, Stevie had to leave early because that's my podcast and I can leave when I want. <laughs> uh, so thanks to Scott, Stevie, Alan, David, Quacker. But, would you know what to say thank you back? No? Oh, thank you. Thank Quite you. clearly my manners here. Veronica raised you better than that, Scott. <laughs> you can follow our panellists at ScottMcLeod1996, at CapDave91, at StevieW. 1192 at McLucasAllen at Mr. Quacko I'm at one Ross McLeod. The brand is at Suplex Retweet on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Stevie, if you want to come back, <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't want to come back. Oh, this is the this is the delight of independent podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's when you haven't cleaned one. No, exactly not. Exactly not. Peter Martin doesn't put up with this rubbish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Midweek, we've got a bonus podcast for you. Quacko has assembled the NXT Dream Team that this week will be hosted by Sarah Grieve, who couldn't make the podcast this week. Sarah hosted the Sam Barber interview that's also available on Anchor, iTunes and all good podcasting sites. We want to check that out. That'll be available Friday, 12 noon. They'll be previewing all things NXT TakeOver, along with Strack, Ryan and Stevie. Maybe he'll stay for that full show. <laughs> <laughs> Next week's show... And James, the King of Heel Turns. Oh yes, James, the King of Heel Turns. I didn't know he was in the Dream Team. Yes, he is. Oh. But fair play to James, I like James more than I like you. Uh, next week's show, we're going to have the Money in the Bank 2018 review. And then in two weeks' times, it's best and worst matches of the year. We've got lots coming up, so thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.